BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is Front Row, and I'm your host, James Whiteside, principal dancer and choreographer with American Ballet Theater and the author of Center Center. Take a seat in the front row as I discuss the creative process and the business of creativity with the world's brightest stars. Dree Hemingway is an American model and actor. Her first lead in a feature-length film in 2012's Starlet landed her in the ensemble cast a Robert Altman Award at the Independent Spirit Awards. She appears predominantly in independent films and models for fashion giants when she's not making movies. Dree has walked and modeled for Givenchy, Calvin Klein, Tom Brown, Karl Lagerfeld, Chanel, Gucci, Valentino, and many more. She has appeared in print for Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, W Magazine, V Magazine, and many more. She is the daughter of actress Mariel Hemingway and the great-granddaughter of famed author Ernest Hemingway. In this episode of Front Row, I chat with Dree about her work in film, including a new movie with Uma Thurman. We chat about whether or not she'd work on a Marvel film and her time strutting down the runway. We chat about the funny way we met on a scavenger hunt in Venice. <laughs> and we even talk about her time as a student at the School of American Ballet here in New York City. Join me as we sashay down the catwalk into the front row. Dree Hemingway, welcome to Front Row. How are you doing today? Can't complain. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a what a bright response. Bushy-tailed even. Hmm. <laughs> um, I am so happy that you're here on the front row. You're episode 13, which is not your lucky number I just learned. No, it's four, but it's okay. I'll pretend. We're going to just... Three plus one is four. Oh, that's very nice. Aww. You made it work. You made it all come back around. So I'd like to talk to you about modeling first, and then we'll 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 talk about acting later. Okay. Uh, I'd like to know what led you to the runway and what your first modeling job was. My first ever runway was Givenchy when Ricardo Ticci was there, and I exclusively walked... I've never been more nervous in my life. <laughs> what were you wearing? 
it was like a black and white dress kind of thing. It was very snug. I believe I either my eyebrows were bleached. It was so long ago. How old were you? I think I was 20, 20. I remember seeing a photo of it after and I was like, I got this. And like literally being like, you should never ever walk runway ever again. And yet you still continue to. So I want to go back in time a little bit and talk about ballet because you're a classically trained dancer. And I just, will you tell me the story of when you got into ballet, what your ballet career looked like? I started doing ballet in Idaho. Yes. Drea is now in Idaho uh, doing this interview over you know, the, uh, the platform that we record these from and uh, in Sun Valley, which is a place I've danced a number of times. So it's a fun little connection there. It is. You also told me about a store that I didn't know existed here, owned by family. Did you go? Yeah. Great. Isn't it great? Great. Yeah. The store is called Mods. For those of you traveling to Sun Valley and or living in Sun Valley, Idaho, it is a coffee shop slash vintage clothing store, and they have great curation. It's like great. Yeah. Anyway, we'll plug that in. Also, like, don't go. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Don't go. Yeah. (laughs) So I started dancing ballet here. My mother opened a yoga studio here called the sacred cow that involved a giant statue of a cow, which I'll probably have to send you a picture of this statue of a cow. The bottom of the yoga studio was rented. The ballet, a ballet teacher rented it out and it became the ballet school. Who was your teacher? I can't remember. Uh oh. <laughs> Actually, it's so funny. I am the only woman I remember being my teacher, and this is so sad, is when I started to like really get into dancing. And I had been mm-hmm. taking like California Dance Studio, which was fine, but it was apparently teaching me really bad training. And we danced to Enya in our jazz shoes. And apparently, I thought I was doing like, and then I met Lisa Cuisan, who was with San Francisco or PC, what is it? Pacific Northwest Dan- Ballet. Pacific Northwest, thank you. Mm-hmm. Long time. <laughs> Been a long time. <laughs> and dancing with Lisa, she was like Balanchine trained psycho. Uh-huh. <laughs> who would like sharpen her nail if my back wasn't straight. And I have like a really weird spine where my back was kind of born where instead of going out, in out mine goes in out in so i have like my spine sticks out like a raptor interesting yeah which apparently in photo shoots people they're like some weird kinky people who are like show us your spine i was like "Mm." i mean that's not surprising but could start an only fans for spine spine hotness Follow Dree on OnlyFans. Her uh, her handle is at Spine Hotness One. <laughs> so okay, all your Raptor dreams come true. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, well this is derailing. So tell me about no no no. It's great. Uh, tell me about once you started training with what was her name again? Lisa Quizon. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. I mean, it was a lot. Basically, I went to SAB and they were like... School of American Ballet for the listeners. They put me like in two years below my age group. Uh-huh. 
you fucked me up. I was like, oh, no. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> they're like, you're a great enthusiastic dancer, but like you've got training that needs to be fixed. And I was like, I don't hmm. understand. I was so mad. I went to then NCSA for a bit. North Carolina School of the Arts. And I'm trying to remember what her name was. So she was Willie's partner in dancing at Steps. And Willie her, Berman, yeah. Yeah, Willie Berman. I can't remember, but she was wild. Mm, I don't know who that is. But she was diapers, cigarette, oxygen tank, cigarette in hand, oxygen tank, hanging on a bar, giving us these um, these moves. And I was like, this is extraordinary. That is highly stylized. And in fact, you know, kind of want to be like her when I become older. (laughs) (laughs) At old age, I want to be that person. I'm going to start. I gave up smoking also. Are you still using the vape machine? No, I gave up the vape when I got back from Venice. Well, that's wonderful. I don't support the vaping. And I only support an occasional cigarette. I don't think smoking as a habit on the daily is correct. Well, I had smoked since I was 13 because I had like drug addict friends in high school and I didn't participate. So I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to get on with it. I'm cool. And I started smoking. (laughs) Yeah. I think the reason I never really picked up smoking full time is because my mother was, I mean, she smoked like two packs a day and I was like, that is madness and I will not be a part of it. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I understand that. But that being said, give me a couple Manhattans and, you know, I'll we'll have a cigarette in that mouth. <laughs> oh, vaping. That was the hardest thing and the most bitchy I've ever been in my whole entire life. And are you still wanting to vape? No, I gave up like how long ago? We got back like three weeks ago. Yeah. In three weeks. And you're doing all right? Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm very, very happy for you. I, I think that's a, whenever I see people sort of walking around with those vape machines, I think to myself, well, that's not a great look. It's not. <laughs> it. I mean. I mean, it's so funny now that I don't do it. I like, I've like sat at tables with my friends where I'm like, I was the only person who was just shoving this like jewel in their mouth. I mean, like a fiend. Yeah. And then the person who can't find it every four minutes was like, where's my jewel? (laughs) Did you ever find the dance teacher that you were Googling? What was her name? Come on. Also, I'm terrified of dancing ballet now. But all I wish I had done is taken Willie's class. Willie passed away, yes. A while ago. Yeah, I I mean, a couple of years, maybe. So Willie Berman was one of the star teachers at Steps on Broadway, which is a famous dance studio where a lot of the professional ballet dancers in New York City go to take daily ballet class every day. I actually took ballet class there today. I took Heather Hawk's class. If you ever want to come with me uh, when you're in New York, you should. I will. I will a thousand percent. So you went to SAB. Tell me about your experience there once you started in your your two years lower kind of ballet level. I mean, I did like summer courses and stuff like that. So I wasn't like in the professional world, but in my mind, that was very professional. <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel the same way about when I was a teenager going to summer courses. I felt like I was living quite the fantasy. I was in my own movie. 
I was definitely in my own movie. I also had the cool parents who let me out whenever I wanted to, and I could meander the city. Oh, wonderful. They trusted me. It was it was okay. I mean, it was amazing. It was a lot harder than I expected it to be. I also found that the girls in there were so competitive. I didn't like that. That I didn't like. And don't and you don't feel like they're competitive in runway or modeling? No, I think it's different. I think I've learned to like I think because of dance training, I learned that to steer clear mm. of like you're not living with the models. Well, you can if you're in a model home. And I did at one point when I was like 16, I attempted to model. Um, and I lived in a model home in New York and I hated it. I've never hated something more. <laughs> Having like a competition with females, I don't like it. I don't want to be in competition with them. I like support women so much and I love them for everything that they do. And I think that we should be super supportive of each other in every way we can. And like in some way there's good competition of like that boosts us up. Mm -hmm. But I think that there was a lot of like cattiness. And I think we were at a teenage age where it was like, that was very much a thing. Yeah. And I was really skinny and I didn't have to try. I mean, my mother raised me on like organic food when it wasn't cool, but my rebellion was like junk food. And I still was really, I was really thin. I didn't have to try. I was really long, like really long legs mm. and quite reached. I like grew my last inch at 21. Mm. So it was like five, eight. But you didn't need to live with your coworkers once you became a professional. You know, like that's only when you're in a dorm. I think that what what was because I knew that I had so much to catch up on, uh -huh. I really I loved ballet, but I didn't want to be in the core my whole entire life. There's a part of me that is like you gave up because you were scared that you couldn't get but you didn't push to see mm. if you could get farther. So there's a part of me that's disappointed that I didn't push myself. Mm. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. I need to just start doing it again. There's so there was such a long period of time where I couldn't even watch ballet without getting like angry. Mm. I mean, I understand that currently in my injured state. It's hard for me to watch shows, even though I love watching ballet, but I'm just I'm just jealous. I want to be on stage, but I can't be right now. I used to do I would sit there and I'd be like professional dancers I was never a professional like professional professional dancer and mm. I'm like that sickled <laughs> <laughs> like asshole <laughs> <laughs> okay I want to get back to modeling a little bit did you ever do any uh modeling as a child I only did things if my mom was doing them correct me if I'm wrong here uh you're your, is it your mother that's Mariel Hemingway? Yeah, my mom. Okay, the actor Mariel Hemingway. What? I, I'm going to just jump all over my question list here and ask you, what was it that brought you to follow in your mother's footsteps as an actor? Well, I grew up on her film sets and like loving the idea of like this like family coming together to create something. And I had, and I was obsessed with films, mm. but I was only allowed to watch Turner classic movies growing up. And I was like obsessed with old Hollywood. And I was mm. like, this is what it is. I was like, I'm mm -hmm. going to be the next Grace Kelly, the next Audrey Hepburn, mm. Catherine Hepburn. And, and I was like a performer. 
So how did your leading opportunity in the film Starlet come about? I, my manager at the time, who I met through Bruce Weber, actually, he read the script and they were looking for, for hmm. the old woman who Besidka Johnson ended up playing, who they found in the YMCA. Wait, tell me that story. I need to know more. So when they were, they had been looking for the old woman's character and they were going to revive, they they had sent it out, basically. My manager had gotten it. They'd sent it out because they were trying to revive like an, a younger act or an older actress and they were having a really hard time doing it. And Sean Baker, who's a genius. The director of the film. Yeah, the director of Starlet. And Cha-Ching, who was his girlfriend at the time, who's also a producer on it. She was at the YMCA, and so was he. And Besetka would swim every day. And they saw Besetka, and they just approached her, and they're like, would you ever want to act in a film? And she was like, funny, she was hilarious. Like, one of my favorite people. Yeah. Like, funny you say that. When I got a divorce, when in my late 30s, I went to acting class because I thought it was a better form of therapy than going to therapy. She was like, I've always wanted to act. So can you tell the listeners a brief synopsis of the film so they know exactly what we're talking about? Okay, Starlet. I'm terrible at synopsis, but here here we go. You got this. Okay. Um, Starlet is about this like young girl who's moved to Los Angeles, who is in, who's, you know, finding her bearings and this older woman who basically has this yard sale and Jane, who the character I play goes to this yard sale and finds this thermos full of money. And basically instead of giving the woman back the money, she like befriends her because she, this woman is terrible. She's like, like Harold and Maude kind of situation. <laughs> like, yeah. She's just a brat and mean. And it's kind of this love story with a twist, which I'm not going to give away the twist, huh. but it's this love story of this like young girl and this older woman. It's like really beautiful. And mm. then there's fucked upness inside of the whole thing. There you go. <laughs> All right, that was a good synopsis. Well done. Yeah. I'd like to know more about the making of it. What was the uh, shooting style? What were your days like? I mean, it was the most intense gorilla project I've ever worked on. And gorilla project means like, it's like you are in it. Like there's, mm. there's nothing, there's nothing delight. Like there's no fluffiness or cozy. Like it is you're in the thick of it. Meaning like you're not getting sort of perks like, you know, a fabulous green room or something? I mean, my car was my trailer. Uh. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I did my own hair and makeup. Wow. We had styled with Shishing, who's also doing wardrobe before. And I had, uh-huh. like, pulled all these clothes from Ruka. And I had made up this character in my head. I was like, she's not exactly what you think she is. She's like yeah. a 
girl from Florida who's moved to Los Angeles or into the Valley. So I would show up, hair and makeup ready. Mm. In the Valley in August, it was like 103 degrees every day. We'd just, I'd show up and we'd be ready. And so we'd shoot for 12 hours a day, sometimes a little bit longer. And we'd have one day off a week. And I was pretty much in every scene. And there were days where I'd come home and I was like, so exhausted that I'd turn into like the five-year-old who was crying when the five-year-old doesn't get her nap and she's crying. (laughs) (laughs) So at that time, uh, you said your manager brought the opportunity to you. Tell me about uh, what your representation at that time of like getting your first leading role in a film. I only had a manager. I didn't have an agent. The goal was always acting. Like modeling was the tool to act. Like that was like, that was the, that was the study. It was like, I'm going to model so I can play characters so I can learn how to like do different things and just like experience life and really pay attention to myself and my own and know, know my own like insecurities and like not, and know how I, and just like, it's like a study of yourself. But so when this script came to Alan, he had said, do you have anybody cast for Jane? There was like apparently Sasha Gray, who's a porn star. I don't know her. Um, an actual porn star. I mean, it's not surprising that I don't know a female porn star. <laughs> I didn't know anything about the porn industry until I saw this movie, really at all. Hmm. So when I got this role, I mean, I was so excited. I got on. I got on a Skype call with Sean the Baker, the director, and. Hmm to him for like three hours and at the end of the film Jane goes to Paris I was in real life packing to go to Paris and I just I knew the character so well I like I there were so many different aspects of like my of like high school and stuff like that that I wanted to Mm -hmm. remember of girls I knew of like things I'd seen and I, I just knew I could do it and a lot of it was improvisational which really excited me as well. And it was, I mean, it's still one of my favorite films I've ever filmed. There was such a dialogue that Sean and a bond that we had created and we trusted each Mm. other, like discuss anything. And it was like, it's a tough, it's a tough character. It's a tough role. There's a lot going on. That's amazing. Absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, You've appeared in in a number of indie films, and I'd like to know why it is that you've gravitated toward indie films so much. I think it was the scripts that I had been given, the indie films I always loved more. Mm. And I think that I had a fear of getting trapped in the world of, like, studio. Yeah. So if a Marvel movie came your way today, I'd be would like, you now you'd be like what sorry i would yes i'd say yes gladly i'd hug people (laughs) i've never not liked studio like i got into acting and also like i've been obsessed with harry potter like i saw the harry potter films and i was like how do i get in there like yeah i want to be involved in something that is like i love the the magic that you can have in film and Uh magic or whatever it is but things that aren't necessarily true in real life, you can do in acting. And so it's like, it's, I mean, it's really the best job ever. You get to play pretend. You're playing dress up and pretend. 
I mean, I deeply relate to that as a ballet dancer, so I, I hear you. Are there any recent films that you wish you could have been a part of? I mean, I try not to do that. I used to do that all the time. Hmm. Winning Time. Winning Time. I don't know what that one is. Tell me about it. About the making of the Lakers in the 70s and like turning them into like a really shitty team into this giant, amazing team. Yeah. There's a lot of like, I mean, I would have been perfection in that. I'm like a 70s. I live in Laurel Canyon. Like, (laughs) (laughs) And is there an actor that you see yourself in or you identify with? It depends. I think that it's like Kate Blanchett I identify with, but I feel like she's or somebody I admire. Mm-hmm. I am I, Lily James. I admire. I think she does good things. And I think that mm. she went from maybe somebody who could have been typecasted into like doing different things. Yeah. And I think she's really interesting to watch. Do you have any projects that you're currently working on that you can talk about? I can't talk about the one I'm about to work on. Right. But I just filmed a movie which I don't know when that's going to be out, but I finished filming in beginning of June, a film called The Kill Room with Uma Thurman and Samuel L. Jackson. Fun. I never say that right. Joe Manganiello? How'd I do? Manganiello. Is it Manganiello or Manganiello? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really fun. We shot in New York and New Jersey. And I guess it's like, yeah. Tell me about your character in this film. She's an art gallerist. Ooh. Ooh. Her name's Annika Lund. She's an art gallerist and she's kind of like a passive aggressive, really upper east side feeling kind of like, but there's like a European meets upper east side kiss ass <laughs> passive person. She was fun. Oh my God. That Love. sounds really fun. Oh my gosh. How fun. Yeah. So uh, now that you're, you know, making new films, it seems, ones that you can and cannot talk about, uh, do you have an agent now? Uh, I know you only had a manager. And what's your representation look like now? Well, I was with ICM and my agent, who I adore, Joanne Wiles, is no longer at ICM because CAA bought ICM. So I'm just wherever Joanne goes. Wonderful. It's about the person. I don't think it's about the agency. Yeah. And you really have a good relationship with your agent, it seems. She's great. Like sometimes I bitch and moan. She's like, shut up. Hmm. That's a good relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who can tell you to shut up. I, I need that sometimes. Um, I also want to tell our listeners how we met. Yeah. Okay, so Dre and I, this is going to be the most insane string of sentences you've probably heard. Uh, Dre and I were brought to Venice to attend an event for the Parisian fashion house Hermes and Apple. And uh, there were about, you know, we were two of like 50 models, artists, influencers, and fashion editors who were brought out to celebrate a years-long collaboration between Apple Watch and Hermes. And it was a wild event. Wait, Dre, will you tell them what we had to do? 
I mean, it was wild. It was also like maybe the most frustrating thing. I like to be told exactly what I'm doing when they're like, it's a surprise. Yes. Scavenger hunt. And so we get like, we all got notes. I got a note in my room and I just like come from Greece. I landed. Everybody was like at dinner. I was like really confused where, where we were going. And then I get like this note being like, meet downstairs at 9 a.m. sharp. Your boat is number one. And I was like, what? Hmm. So I'm thinking we're on the scavenger hunt. I have no idea what we're finding. I also have no idea that it's for the watch. Did you know it was for the watch? Yeah, I knew it was it, it was between Apple Watch and Hermes because I mean there that collaboration has been happening for years. And so um, I mean, the little card that was in my hotel room when we arrived. It said Apple Watch, like, and Hermes on it. Oh, see, I didn't really have any of that. I think, like, I got a, I was, I was in Paris two weeks prior to that. Mm -hmm. And I had to go back to Los Angeles. But I was, like, in, in Paris. I walked, I actually walked the Tom Brown show. Yeah, the photos looked incredible. It was so fun. I I was basically, like, the comedic relief, which made me really happy. (laughs) <laughs> like oh you're not like putting me as the model i'm the comedic relief so thank god anyway so <laughs> and michael carl who ru- who runs like pr for hermes correct? correct 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 who i've known forever is like come to venice but there's no invitation that was ever sent to me. So it was literally a text message. And then his assistant being like, here are the flights. And like, I was like, okay, fine. So I landed very, very blindly. I really had no idea what the hell was going on. I mean, since it's, since it was an Apple event, they, you know, their everything is shrouded in secrecy, even though, I mean, even though the collaboration has existed for years, but um, we didn't know anything other than it was going to be a scavenger hunt. So, we had a 9 a.m. call time. We went down and they put us on boats over to an island called Marbuzzo in uh, in Venice. And there, it's like a residential island, but there's like tracks all around. It's so cute. Oh my gosh, incredibly cute. And they had actors playing parts of like villagers, essentially. And we had to sort of play along with each villager's game to earn orange Hermes boxes, which were going to be weighed at the end of the competition, essentially. And then whoever won the scavenger hunt like would get a prize or something. And then it was followed by... But followed by then like a... But it was like the weighing of then the the rush to get the most boxes like, like psycho people. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it was like, ah! Yeah, it was, it was a really singular experience. I had such a great time, though, and the people were so fun. I really enjoyed our, you know, our group. I miss our group. Can When are we doing that again? I do, too. I really do miss our group. We had some really fabulous people, and I, I just remember uh, Tina Craig, like, screaming, I will survive through the tiny little uh, streets of Venice. I think I opted to not take, I didn't walk back with you guys because I was sleepy. Ah, yes. No, it was, it was something. (laughs) So yes, that's how Dre and I met. And uh, I'm just thrilled that she's joined us on in the front row. In the front. I love sitting front row, by the way. That's my favorite. (laughs) Do you like going to the ballet and sitting in the front row? I've never sat in the front row of the ballet. I don't like it. 
I don't like it. No. I think you need to be able to see more than just that. No. It's too up close and personal. (laughs) Uh, So I have one more question for you regarding acting. And I want to know if you have any interest in writing or directing film. I wrote and co-directed a film, a short film in quarantine called Day 47 that I asked Anna Wintour if because I was too impatient to like, I was like submitting it to film festivals and I was like, uh-huh. and was like, Neh. but Anna put it up on Vogue, which was really nice of her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just casually asking Anna Wintour to put up your film. Look, you like you've been a big supporter of me for my whole career. Like I made this passion project. Would you mind putting it up? And she was like, sure. That's really cool. Nice. I really, very much appreciate, appreciate her. And the fact that it had a little bit of a platform. Yeah. I don't know though. I, that, that short film was very, specific and there was a reason behind needing to do it Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i'm ready to be the writer or director yet i would love to direct i just don't know if i i'm i think i'm too intimidated to go down the writing hole yeah never say never i do come from a writer background so like you sure do so that's scary guys yeah no i i hear that that is that's intimidating to have that sort of lineage and feel comfortable enough to express your own, you know, vision. I'm just not there yet. You know, maybe one day I will be. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, so what do you think is beyond the catwalk, beyond modeling and film for you? What do you see your career evolving into? I mean, I film and I would like to do theater. Mm-hmm career land and eventually i'd like to produce and direct as well but in terms of life i want a family really yeah that's lovely are you seeing anyone currently i'm engaged you're engaged i didn't know that mm-hmm. to whom to a nick delisanti he's an italian he's very tall he's very handsome he's very kind He's kind of a nerd. He doesn't really know he's handsome, which makes it so much better. That's wonderful. He's not like in acting, which is mm-hmm. good. He's, I get to be the most vain in the relationship <laughs> and neurotic. He kind of grounds, me, which is great. Oh, that's beautiful. Go Nick. Go Nick. I'm glad you've got Nick. That's wonderful. I have to meet Nick when I'm next in New York. Absolutely. I would love that. He's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a hot fiance? It's got a personality too. Well, I think that's a wonderful place to end on true love. Thank you so much, Dree. Where can people find you? Where can my listeners find you online? I'm on Instagrams. Um, on the Instagrams at Dree Louise Hemingway. That's no it. TikTok for you. No TikTok. I'm too scared to get on other platforms like. I'm so I have such an addictive personality. Like nobody will ever see me again except on their phones. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for coming to the front row, Dre. I think you're fabulous. And I I look forward to our reunion in New York when I get to meet your hot fiance. Yeah. (laughs) 
Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Street. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast. And if you like it, share it with your friends or on social media. You can follow me on all social platforms by searching James Whiteside. My book, Center Center, a funny, sexy, sad, almost memoir, is available everywhere in all formats. Front Row uses music from the song A-Flat by Black Violin. Check out the show notes on jamesbwhiteside.com for exclusive video and audio from this podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.